0: The
1: following program is brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations, and the views and opinions may not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this station. Today, on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, Southwest Airlines has a
2: truly incredible offer for the residents of California, and I'll tell you how you can take advantage of
1: it. I'm in uh, beautiful Florida and here to make you a smarter traveler, particularly if you're thinking about visiting Disney World.
2: Tom, you are one of Disney's biggest fans I know, so I'm looking forward to that at 3.20. At 3.35, we take you to the somewhat unknown destination of Long Beach. Not Long Beach,
1: California, Long Beach, Washington, the kite capital of the world. Finally, at 3.45, we invite you to call in and tell us what, uh, how you go about uh, selecting your Seat your strategy for boarding a Southwest Airlines.
2: If you fly from Sacramento, we know you have a method of selecting your seat. Almost 10,000 people a day board a Southwest Airlines plane in Sacramento. You're saving a seat for someone or just your favorite place to sit. Whoever has the best strategy among our callers will win $50 in C's candy gift cards. It's 3 o'clock on Sunday afternoon in Sacramento. Welcome to the latest edition of The Travel Guys. On
3: the road again Just can't wait to get on the road again I got two tickets to
1: come to work to to Alaska Alaska. Little North for us yourself
2: Show. Welcome! It's the Travel Guys on KFBK. I'm Mark Hoffman in Florida. Nice is me. my partner Tom Romano. And Tom will be rejoining us uh, for the Smarter Traveler segment at 20 minutes after the hour. If you are a fan of visits to Disney, as Tom is, you won't want to miss that because he has some tips on how to best visit a Disney theme park. Mean In the meantime... We have the travel news for you. All right, if you're a traveler on JetBlue Airlines and you buy from a third-party website, something we tend to discourage here, but nonetheless, JetBlue has stopped selling tickets for its flights on over a dozen travel websites. According to the Associated Press, the airline announced Thursday that customers would no longer be able to purchase its tickets on websites like smartfares.com and myflightsearch.com. The decision was the first by JetBlue to revamp its system of selling tickets online. Now, you have to know that. When airlines sell tickets through a third-party website, it costs them a lot of money, despite the fact that they don't pay commissions to travel agents per se. They are paying commissions to many of those third-party websites, so it's a tremendous cost to the air carriers. And so JetBlue, just like Southwest, does not make its tickets available On many of those websites, JetBlue has decided to do the same. There's some considerable cost savings there. The question becomes whether or not the inconvenience for people will cost the airline customers. So you may find that JetBlue tickets are not available on your favorite website. You can just go to JetBlue.com and buy your ticket directly from the airline. You'll be doing yourself a favor if you do it that way. Big ad in the Sacramento Bee today, full-page ad in the Sacramento Bee from the folks in the Napa Valley In regards to the rebuilding there and the fires and all that has happened there, I made a few phone calls around the Napa Valley this week, and it appears as though many of the wineries and some of the shopping attractions and things of that nature in the southern part of the valley down by Yontville, the places that are below south of Napa, um, appear to be open. And there aren't any real restrictions. The smoke is gone, and folks are ready there to do business. So if you want to take advantage of a great weekend, we're going to have at least a couple more weekends of terrific weather. Uh, next weekend is supposed to be well into the 80s, a trip to the Napa Valley. You might find yourself without very large crowds. Now, if you're heading up to the Sonoma area up around Santa Rosa, um, the folks up there have said give them one more week before you come back up there. So if you have a reason to be up there or you're going to uh, an event up there in the the Sonoma, Santa Rosa area, uh, and you have to be up there, the roads are clear, the smoke is pretty much gone. Of course, there's a lot of devastation and there's going to be a lot of construction equipment on the roads. So, if you're going up there just to sightsee or look around or visit your favorite winery, see if it's still standing, you might want to give that one another week. But the folks in the southern part of the Napa Valley are ready to receive you and of course, as happens with largely tourist areas, folks uh, a lot of folks from the Napa and Sonoma valleys derive their income from people who come to visit them, just like the folks in Key West and the folks in Galveston, Texas, and some other folks that have been hit by natural disasters um, this fall season. So if you are inclined to do so, they could use your money and your presence and feel free to bring your friends. Um, We are always talking about things, about knowing your rights when you're traveling. It's really important to know your rights, particularly when it comes to airlines, but the rights that you have are complicated and pulling out a guidebook every time that you have a situation in an airport or an airline is offering compensation and you're wondering what the rules really are is kind of a an interesting situation, opening up a computer and trying to find out your rights. But the folks at Smarter Travel have done something really cool. They have printed up a foldable, it's an 8.5 by 11 sheet that folds into eight sections and it basically has all... Of your air passenger rights, we have put a link to it at TravelGuysRadio.com. It probably is the single best thing that you could possibly take with you um, on the road. Is just print it out, fold it up, and put it in your in your wallet or in your purse, or just put it somewhere in your briefcase because it will tell you what happens when you get bumped and what your rights are and what rights. uh, It even has a section what rights you do not have. So it's kind of a go-to guide for passenger rights. You can find it at TravelGuysRadio.com. Just go to the homepage there, scroll down a little bit. It's very clear there, and you can print one out. Print one out for your friends. Um, they might thank you sometimes later. I sometime later. I mentioned in the headlines that Southwest Airlines has a terrific offer, but it's only available to folks who are residents of California. Now you need to know the backstory here um Southwest is competing very heavily with Alaska uh, which has taken over Virgin America for the rights for flyers for business in and around the state of California. Alaska has been stepping up their service in between California departure points. Southwest has done the same by moving into Long Beach up uh, into Long Beach Airport and Southwest now has come up with a really interesting promotion that might be Perfect for a few of the folks who are listening to this program. Um, it's only for California residents, and this is the deal: you, you get yourself a Southwest credit card. You make one purchase between now and the end of November. Doesn't have there's no restriction on the amount of the purchase. You just have to use the card, and you will get a Southwest companion pass. That will be valid all of next year. Now, what's a companion pass? A companion pass is a pass that allows you and your spouse or a friend or a business partner or whomever to travel with you on the same flight and pay only the taxes. They have to fly on the exact same itinerary as you do, both on the outbound and the return. But this companion pass would be valid all next year. And you, the, here's the great thing. You can change the person on the companion pass up to three times during the course of the year. So you could start out with your spouse. You could change it to a business associate, associate, and then you could change it to a friend if you were going someplace later in the year. This could save you a sizable amount of money, particularly if you ever have an occasion to fly with more than one person. If you and your spouse, spouse both got the credit card, you could get companion passes and take your two children along with you. So four people could travel for the price of two. It's very simple to use. I have one based on my travel with Southwest and I'm able to use it to take uh, members of my staff at Sports Leisure Vacations along. So you have to go to, you can. this is available on the internet, you can go to TravelGuysRadio.com. We have a direct link to it. Um, Take a look at it. It's called a companion pass. You have to be eligible and get the Southwest credit card. So that's kind of the caveat, is that you have to get that credit card. And once you have it, then you have basically a little over a month to use the card. Now, here's something else cool. If you, in the first 90 days that you have the card, spend $1,000, you will also get 40,000 bonus points on Southwest Airlines. 40,000 points. will buy you a couple of round-trip tickets to Southern California or one ticket to a further away place. So this is really about as good a deal as you're ever going to see. It's a way for Southwest to get back at Alaska, particularly for those who travel a lot. So go to TravelGuysRadio.com or just Google Southwest Companion Pass. We'll probably get you to it also. It's a great way to take advantage. It'll be—it's it's good for a year, and normally— you have to fly 25 flights or earn 110,000 points with Southwest on their credit card or on flights to be able to get this companion pass. So it's not an easy thing to get. It is of great value. TravelGuysRadio.com will get it for you. Here's an airline-related uh, item for the news today. Could one runway construction ruin your trip? And here's a way to find out. Now, in recent months, we have had runway construction in San Francisco, then in Los Angeles. It caused a lot of delays, particularly the Los Angeles construction, to flights. And a lot of folks take short flights to Los Angeles and connect to longer nonstops from there. So knowing if construction is going on on a runway at an airport is something that would really and truly would be of great value for you if you are traveling. So there is a website that lists all of the construction, the current construction delays for any airport, domestic airport in the country. Go to TravelGuysRadio.com and you can find a link to the airport construction notices. You ever think about this? A reason you should take a picture of the inside of your hotel room. This is really interesting. I I saw this. Um, during the week, and I thought to myself, wow, how come nobody has ever thought of this before? Um, You're checking into a hotel room. What they want to do is have you take a picture of the inside of your room. Their uh, law enforcement officials are compiling a database of the insides of hotel rooms because for sex trafficking, in many cases, when people are offered up on the Internet, they are offered based on a picture that was taken in a hotel room. And so by having a database of all kinds of hotel rooms all over the country, law enforcement will be able to match up the picture that is taken of someone who is being trafficked to all of that database and perhaps figure out what hotel those people either are or were in. It is something really amazingly cool. It's the uh, the, the Missouri Internet Crimes Task Force Against Children are the people who started it. Um, they are creating an app. Uh, Again, at TravelGuysRadio.com, we have the information on this and what you can do. And all you have to do is put the app on your phone, take a picture of your hotel room, and then send them the picture every time that you check in. And for folks like myself who see a couple hundred different hotel rooms during the year, why, uh, if everybody got on this, it's very likely that we could probably save some lives along the way. Okay, some very quick travel notes here. Um, You see this one about the boy who was? uh, his parents were taking a picture of him as he was... Uh, As they were sightseeing at Niagara Falls, lost his balance, fell 80 feet. Um, The little boy is okay. He's 10 years old. Um, All I have to say, he was standing on a guardrail. Um, The guardrail was there for a reason, gang. Um, Clayton Whitehead sent me a note. He is headed to Italy today. He says, I have registered my Italy group with the U.S. State Department of State's STEP program, S-T-E-P. If you are going overseas, it's something that you should do. S, just Google S-T, S period, T period, E period, P period, and it will come up on your computer. A new television series will follow the launch of a new airline exclusively for Las Vegas High Rollers perhaps we will have more on that soon and another las vegas note mandalay bay says they will never rent out the room that steven paddock shot all of those people from again it's a 32nd floor suite they haven't say what said what they're going to do to it yet or with it yet but you will never no one no guest at the mandalay bay hotel will ever be able to stay in that room ever again Lots of things that we mentioned on the news here can be found, more information can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com, along with things that we don't even mention, like a story about where illegal food goes to die. It's all at TravelGuysRadio.com. We're going to take a break. When we come back, my partner Tom Romano is going to join us live from Florida, and he is going to give us some tips for folks who are visiting a Disney theme park. Coming up next, right here on the Travel Guys on a piece of grass, walking down the road Welcome back to the Travel Guys on KFBK. I'm Mark Hoffman in the studio in Sacramento. Wait a minute, I'm the travel guy and I'm in the studio. The radio guy is on the road. Something is wrong with this picture. Good afternoon there again Mr. Romano.
1: Hey Mark, uh, thanks. Uh, you know, it, it it does feel a little uh, weird uh, me being here and you being there, but you know, if I'm going to be a travel guy, I need to get out on the open road and uh, uh, hit some destinations and uh, you know, uh, experience some things so I can come back and make uh, folks uh, a little smarter traveler as well.
2: Well, we have uh, posted some of the some of the pictures, some of which will need a little bit of an explanation. Uh, on the Travel Guys radio website. So if you're wandering around there, based on some of the news items we had, and you're, you're looking at some of those pictures and you're saying, I wonder what those are. Tom Romano is about to explain all of those pictures. One of those pictures is actually a picture of the wristband, I think, that you get to get into Disney World. Probably getting in the door is as good a place to start this conversation as anywhere. Tom, what have you got for us about being a smarter traveler at Disney World?
1: Oh okay, well, since you brought up the uh, the, the photos i i don 't have them immediately in front of me, but uh, I do know what I sent you and the, the picture you 'll see with uh, what looks like a watch uh, wristband and uh, it 's pretty exotic it 's more than just a wristband it is uh, the newest technology that uh, that Disney is using to provide you with your your disney pass uh, anybody that 's ever been to Disneyland or thinking about going you know you 're always given a card oftentimes that can be used for one or more days when you go to visit, and each time you get to the park you you scan it, maybe you have to show your ID sometimes Disney used to take the take your photograph and when you would show when you would scan your card, your picture would actually show up on their screen, and then they could identify that the card is actually owned by the person who is uh, who is coming in the park uh, wow. now they they when you buy your passes and we bought uh, uh, for a, a pass for all four parks, one for each day, we bought which is which basically is a four passes, one park, uh, it gets you into one park one day. So the idea is to take that uh, that pass and stay at that park the entire day, uh, versus doing park hopping. You can buy park hopper pass passes, cost you a little more, and you can visit you know three parks in one day, but since there is so much to do, my recommendation is, is to buy and go to one park per day. You can buy four days, but visit each park for a full day. And the wristband basically contains all the information for all of the parks that you're going to visit for the entire day, and it also includes uh, your fast passes, and I'll get to that in a minute as to how those work for those that haven't experienced that, but all the entries to all the rides that contain your fast pass which lets you jump to closer to the front of the line uh, are scanned and and I did take a photograph of the scanning machines and I think those might be on the website too they just look like round balls with a picture of a mickey on it and uh, you just hold the wristband up to it a uh, little light blinks around turns green you're in now tom you uh, mentioned oh, oh. tom you mentioned four parks there so besides disney
2: world what were the other three parks that you that well, you had tickets to
1: what you have is you have the Magic Kingdom, which uh-huh. is this, just like what you have in California, the Magic Kingdom. Then there is Animal Kingdom, uh, and then you have Epcot Center uh, and uh, uh, Hollywood Studios, Disney Park. And systematically, the Magic Kingdom is much the same as what you have in California, but you know it's a little different. So those that have only visited the Magic Kingdom in Southern California will find this one a little confusing because everything is in exactly the same place and there are a few things missing along the way such, such as no indiana jones ride and those that love the walk up to the small world ride uh where it has the big giant clock and all the moving parts they don't have that at the uh uh at the uh, magic kingdom here in uh, florida or in orlando uh it's it's a little different the ride is much much the same so the park is a little different. Uh, for those of us that grew up with Disneyland in Southern California, most people don't like it quite as much. Mainly it's because it's just not as familiar to us as we are at the theme park in uh in California, Tom. Uh, anim-
2: yes. Let me uh, let me ask you here. You can buy tickets to to the Disney parks all around Central Florida. You can buy them online. You can buy them at your hotel. A variety of different places, and the prices tend to vary a little bit. Where where do people where can they get the very best price? Because those tickets are not cheap. They're over a hundred dollars a day per
1: park at this point, right? They are, and, and don't be. You know, one of the things you'll see a lot of discount tickets and so forth. Generally, discounts occur if you buy multiple days. Uh-huh. Uh You know, the the thing about buying them secondhand, a lot of times, particularly if you see them really cheap, particularly at hotels, what you're looking at is it's the timeshare game. You know, you say, well, we come to our hotel, we'll get you tickets for thirty nine dollars versus. You know, And so, you know, you end up at a 90-minute timeshare, and now you can buy four parks for $39 a park. You'll see signs all over uh, Orlando that says, discount tickets, discount tickets. But if you go there and you ask, they say, I'm here to get these discount tickets. And they say, well, which particular resort would you like to uh, spend some time learning more about how to be an owner? Wow. So you know, Disney is much like a lot of major players. They, uh, they, they, they don't discount their product. Uh, DisneyWorld.com is probably the safest place to go. Uh, You, you will pay, you know, the regular price, but there, there is no secondary market for Disney tickets. So if you're getting a
2: ticket at Disney ticket at a big discount, there's probably a hook. And that hook is going to be right into your wallet. We've got a little less than two minutes yet left, Tom. Give us a couple tips on, on things inside of the parks that you've noticed this trip.
1: Well, the thing that I've noticed most is that this time of the year is a great time to come because it's not quite as busy as it is at other times such as peak summertime. Uh, I do recommend that uh, if you're planning on eating at the park, and there are some wonderful things to to take advantage of, if you perhaps the Cinderella's royal table in the castle, uh, the B R guest in the Magic Kingdom, you you can book those in advance. When you book through Disney World, what you want to do is the moment that you book your passes, uh, thirty days before an opportunity to enter the park is when you can go ahead and get your fast passes. A hundred days ahead of time to hook up with uh, reservations for for dining places. You know I, the the. Th- there's a brand new uh, there's a brand new fireworks show and I think we have pictures of that uh, at our website as well. You do. You'll want to definitely want to see that. That's at nine o'clock uh, each evening, uh, unless uh, weather doesn't permit. Uh, it's something that you're definitely going to want to see. We
2: got ten seconds here, Tom. What's the picture of the, in the parking lot of somebody in a yellow outfit?
1: Oh well, that's a picture of my parking area. You want to make sure that you take a picture of the sign if you kind of. Zoom in there, you'll Uh see a little sign. And that's the sign that tells me what parking lot I'm in so I can get back to it at the end of the day.
2: Thank you so much, Thomas, from uh, Florida. Some great tips for Disney World. You can go to TravelGuysRadio.com and see the uh, armbands and stuff that he was talking about there. Thank you, Thomas. When we come back after the news, we're going to take you to Long Beach, Washington, a great little town on the coast.
4: In my
1: mind, I'm gone to Carolina. We are the Travel Guys, Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Follow along with all we talk about here on the Travel Guys at uh, TravelGuysRadio.com. You don't have to travel very far from California to find some of the most beautiful places ever. Mark, where are we going today? Well, you know how much I like into the road destinations. I love Provincetown. I love
2: Key West. I love places that are, that you have to make a little bit of an effort to get to. And Long Beach, Washington fits into that category kind of in a different way. It's on Highway 101. And people would say, well, Highway 101 goes all the way to Olympia. And indeed it does. But on, on the Washington coast, it has a little spur that goes off of it covers a little bit of Lewis and Clark history and takes you to the town of Long Beach. And when people in California hear Long Beach, they say, "Oh, well, that's in Southern California." Yes. And they immediately gravitate to, you know, the Queen Mary which used to be down there and I mean the well, Queen Mary's still there, the Spruce Goose which used to be down there uh, on Long Beach Harbor. But there's another Long Beach. And I think it's a lot more interesting destination than Long Beach, California, with all apologies. Uh, Long Beach, Washington, which is just over the border from Oregon. And in fact, it's easier to get there from Portland. And joining us on the phone today is Reagan Myers. Reagan is with um, tourism and package travel in Long Beach. And I thought it would be fun, since we talk a lot about the Oregon coast. Reagan, um, Long Beach is is kind of an orphan to the, to the Washington coast because of the way the road works up there. But if you're traveling Highway 101, Long Beach would be a perfect stop. Welcome to the Travel Guys. Tell us a little bit about Long Beach.
0: Well, thank you for having me, and um, it, it's great to be here. Long Beach, uh, Washington, it represents 27 miles of the Washington State coastline. So uh, we are just over the Columbia River from Astoria, Oregon, And we are about two and a half hours from uh, the Portland International Airport. So we're an easy jaunt from the big city uh, to your destination at the uh, mouth of the Columbia River where it meets the Pacific Ocean. So we are um, at the confluence. You mentioned that uh, we have some Lewis and Clark history, and we do. Lewis and Clark spent 18 days in what is now Pacific County. So uh, they took the vote on our side of the river before they decided to uh, winter over at Fort Classe. So we like to uh, definitely incorporate Lewis and Clark and some of our um, spotlighted items on itineraries when we bring groups to the area.
2: Reagan, I know Long Beach is a great destination if you're just kind of traveling, but it's a great family destination, and it's known for being the kite capital of the world. Why is that?
0: Well, we have the only kite museum in the Western Hemisphere dedicated to the history, design, and implementation of kites from around the world. Uh, It's a two-story building that represents um, kites, like I said, from around the world. There's um, exhibits from China, Indonesia, uh, Japan. We also have some sport kite uh, displays with kite buggies or blow carts. And uh, at the end of the tour, you are able to make your own kite. So whether you're two or 102, um, you walk out of the Kite Museum with your own kite that you can walk right down to the beach, which is literally one block from the Kite Museum, and have 27 miles of uninterrupted beach to fly your kite. Uh, We have nine kite events throughout the year. And our largest kite uh, celebration is the Washington State International Kite Festival, wow. which takes place the fir- third full week of August.
2: Cool. Tom, you know, if you're up in Long, on Long Beach, you, you just – let's pretend you're just up there one day. I was up there last week. And you could just walk out, and there will be – if the weather is, is nice, there will be a couple dozen people flying a kite on the beach. <laughs> all, all kinds – all colors That's and great. all sizes – And a lot of times you'll see families out there, and it strikes me, Reagan, that Long Beach is, uh, I enjoy bringing my groups there because you've got Cranberries and you've got Lewis and Clark history and you've got fun things to do there and things to learn about. But it strikes me that Long Beach is kind of an overlooked family destination because you have so many things there that are oriented towards kids and families. And when was the last time you went someplace and flew a kite with your kid or your kids? And it strikes me as a very inexpensive activity and something that would be really a lot of fun. Does Do you find that you get a lot of families coming to Long Beach?
0: We get a lot of families. I would say primarily um, that is our target market is families um, for the area. We've been a family destination since uh, 1921 when Long Beach was founded or established. Uh, we used to have the Clamshell Railroad, so we have history with the Papa Train, which was the train that brought the fathers from Portland uh, during the summers to Long Beach on Fridays and drop them off, and papas would then catch the train on Sunday afternoon to head back to Portland to the city. So we've been a family destination since we first began, and there's definitely uh, a lot of things for families to do that are not, you know, nickel and dimed and, and cost money. There's, I mean, you have uninterrupted beach to, to fly kites and build sandcastles, and museums and parks to go to that are are extremely inexpensive.
2: I want to jump in here, Greg, and, and also mention, if you make your way to Long Beach... Um try to go you know, before noon. And the reason I say try to go before noon is because there's this really amazing bakery in town.
0: Mhm. Of course, of course. Um
2: and you <laughs> want to go when the bakery has a great selection because this is I, I mean there are some classic bakeries. There's Sly's up in Paulsbo and every once in a while I find a place with a really great bakery. The bakery in Long Beach, um which Reagan has a little sort of a unique attachment to. Reagan a- a- explain the, your connection to the bakery. <laughs>
0: Oh uh, well, um, born into slavery. Uh, my parents have owned the bakery for the last, I believe it's going on forty-seven years. Oh my! Um, it started as Pacific <laughs> Baking Company in nineteen oh two, and it is literally um, in the middle of Long Beach on Main Street. We are open at four a.m. and we close at seven p.m. every day, but Christmas and Thanksgiving.
2: Wow, and you can get the most amazing. If you go to the bakery in Long Beach, they have this thing called. It's kind of a pastry. It's called a racetrack. Just, just, just remember. If you go to Long Beach and you go into the bakery, ask them for a racetrack. Usually, they're available in different flavors, and there's a reason that they well, they call it
1: that. Well, like, what is the reason they call it that?
0: It, the two flavors that are swirled together look exactly like a racetrack (laughs) and then ramona's favorite is the cranberry nut muff no she likes the devil dogs and then what is a devil dog cranberry nut muffin a devil dog is a donut dough that is pumped full of our homemade bavarian cream whipped cream and custard mixed together and then we dunk the top in our homemade milk chocolate and uh, that's a devil dog
1: Mm. Oh, my – whipped cream and custard mixed together? Rich. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Welcome to That's... the travel, entertainment, and uh, and pastry show here. And
2: foam <laughs> at the mouth, guys. All right. Um, got to wrap this up. Uh, Reagan, thank you so much uh, for some information. We are going to put a link to uh, the Long Beach website at TravelGuysRadio.com. So if you're headed up to on the Oregon coast or you're a person who likes the Oregon and Washington coast, you haven't discovered Long Beach yet – It is time for you to discover it. It is one of the great destinations on the coast. And one of the best things about it is you're going to leave the crowds behind, especially at this time of the year. And the weather is still really nice through October up there. Reagan, thank you so much for some time today and for joining us on The Travel Guys.
0: Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Have a great day.
2: Wow. Long Beach, Washington. It's really one of my favorite places to visit on the planet. And that bakery is absolutely an amazing place. I highly recommend it. It gets cold up there in the winter time, but it's beautiful in the fall. Uh, okay, listen, we are going to have a little contest here and get some of your feedback in the next segment. So, the phone numbers are 921-1530 and 1-800-835-1530. Listen, this is the deal. We have uh, I have $50 in C's candy gift cards I'm going to award them to the person who after the break in the last segment can best share their strategy for picking a seat on Southwest Airlines now maybe you board early and you always get the seat you want maybe you're one of those folks that always has a sea boarding pass and how is it that you figure out who you're going to sit next to or maybe you're already on the plane and that seat next to you is empty and you're trying to figure out how to get the smallest person coming down the aisle into the, to to be at desirous of sitting next to you. 921 1530 800 834 1530 if you will call us and we'll put you on the air and you what you need to tell us is what is your strategy for picking a seat when you get on a Southwest airplane? Give us a call, we'll talk to some of you when we come back after the break. This is News Radio, KFBK. Welcome back to the Travel Guys. You can find everything we talk about on the program at TravelGuysRadio.com. We are brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations, Sacramento's travel company for mature travelers. We are going to take some time right now and talk to you. We are soliciting your calls at 921-1530 and 800-834-1530. I have a $50 Seize Candy gift card here if you haven't won a prize from the travel guys in the last 60 days. And what we're looking for is the person with the best seat selection strategy for Southwest Airlines. Now, Southwest has over 80 flights a day from Sacramento. That means over 10,000 people a day are getting on a South, wait a minute, 80 100, 8,000. That's right. 10,000 people a day are getting on a Southwest airplane in Sacramento. So we all know Southwest has no assigned seating. There are a few places on the plane that are have a little extra leg room, perhaps are a little more desirous than others. You may have a favorite place. You may have a strategy for getting the right person to take that middle seat next to you. We want to know what your strategy is. And if your strategy is determined to be the best In the next 10 minutes here, why, then you will win $50 in C's candy. 921-1530 or 800-834-1530 are the numbers to call. All right, let's go to the phones and talk to some of our listeners. Rhonda in Sacramento, welcome to the Travel Guys. Okay. (laughs) Welcome, Rhonda. So what's your strategy when you get on a Southwest airplane? What's your strategy for picking out a seat?
5: Um, I just... I try to get my uh, position right away. So once I get in and I have to scan because it might not be the like the A or it might be the tail end, I just scan. And I like to t- get toward the middle and I like to get the aisle seat. I usually have all my stuff and eating. I sit down like I'm just busy. Uh-huh. Just really busy, and then usually they just keep passing, passing, passing until somebody has to go over to the other seat.
2: So, so you just ignore everybody, hoping that they will all that they will all ignore you back. Yes. Now, do you it have usually work? Okay, Rhonda. Let me just let me just ask you: when you're when you're you're on the plane now, is there any part of the plane that you particularly? Avoid? Is there any part that you find there are more children or there are more?
5: I avoid going to the back. I don't want to go to the back. The kids go back there.
2: Okay. Their
5: parents. So I try to get like just above the wing. Okay. Or sometimes it's just below the wing, but. I try not to get toward the back. That's where the kids definitely go.
2: Okay, so let's pretend for a minute here that you got a really bad boarding pass. You're C47. You're getting on the plane. There's nothing left but middle seats. How do you pick which person you sit next to?
5: Uh, I'm looking for I'm looking for somebody that's a little smaller.
2: It's a, <laughs> a little smaller and you know what Rhonda? okay we're, Rhonda, we're gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on hold here and go to another caller it's funny because the people who are smaller say they their problem is that the big people always want to sit next to them now i have no idea Rhonda, what how what size you are but the small folks say that it's, they always try to, of course, because the big people are looking for somebody smaller to sit next to. All right, let's get another caller on here. Hugh in Granite Bay, what's your strategy for picking a seat on Southwest Airlines?
6: Well, my wife and I always travel together, and she likes to sit by the window, uh-huh. and I like to sit on the aisle. So okay. we usually pick a window and an aisle, and uh, then uh, as people start to board... I lean over to her and uh, appear a little bit handicapped and slobber a little bit. <laughs> so nobody wants to sit between us. And it has worked every time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just, just acting like this might be your last flight, huh?
6: Uh, yeah, it <laughs> could be, yeah.
2: Okay. Okay, so, Hugh, now I want to ask you a question. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a great strategy. Hugh, I want to ask you a question. Now, the plane's starting to fill up, and they're on the PA system saying, you know, every seat will be taken. So now you know that someone's going to get that middle seat. Now, at some point, do you slide over and sit next to your wife, or do you, or do you oh, just— no. No, no,
6: no, we take our chances. We you, take our chances.
2: Okay, so do you have any kind of a strategy for how you figure out who that middle, that person's going to be, and if somebody has to sit in that seat?
6: Yeah, if I see a good-looking uh, gal come along, <laughs> and uh, kind of weak and say, hey, this one's okay, this one's, this one's available.
2: And your wife's two seats over. Does she do the same thing with a good-looking guy?
6: No, she doesn't care. She, she knows I'm not interested in a good-looking woman uh, particularly, but uh, that's uh, better to have that than... Uh, uh, the alternative.
2: All right, now Hugh, let me ask you: Is there part of the plane that you that you avoid? Is there a part of the plane that's a no go for you?
6: Yeah, don't get in the last seat. You'll have to you'll have to uh, to watch all those people go to the restroom and stand with their fanny right in your face all <laughs> the way a uh, whole trip.
2: <laughs> Hugh, how often do you fly?
6: Probably. Uh, Four or five times a year.
2: Okay. Are you generally on Southwest, or do you fly other carriers too? Yeah,
6: all the time. Every time.
2: All the time. So what's the best thing about Southwest Airlines, you would say?
6: Uh, the uh, crew. They're, they're always a pleasure to work with.
2: Okay. So what's the what's the thing about Southwest Airlines that drives you crazy that you wish they wouldn't do?
6: No, oh my God! I, if, if
2: I were the CEO I never for bad, su-
6: never had a bad experience, I don't know.
2: Okay, if I were the CEO for Southwest Airlines and you had a chance to tell me something that I could improve, what would you tell me?
6: Oh, God! Or would you just um, tell me
2: I run a good airline?
6: Uh, it, it 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 couldn't be any better.
2: All right, all right. Uh,
6: know, things, things happen, but you got to expect that.
2: All right, let's put Hugh on on hold here, and let's go on. Let's talk to our, our next caller up here. Is Linda. Hi, Linda. What's your what? We're talking to our callers, our listeners here on the Travel Guys about what their strategy is for picking a seat when they're boarding a Southwest airline plane because Southwest provides about 75% of all the flights to and from Sacramento. So most of the people going to the airport in Sacramento are getting on a plane without an assigned seat. Linda, what's the best way to handle that?
3: The best way to handle that is to make sure that you do your reservation. 24 hours in advance, so you get in the first set of crew, the first crew, the A group, uh-huh. and you can pick your own seat. So, my thing is, I like to sit close to the front because I don't like to wait for people to, you know, get all that luggage off, and it, it, some of them can't get it down, so they're holding up the line. So, I like to sit near the front.
2: Uh huh. Okay. You know, so, So now you're a person who gets, boy, you're going to get your boarding pass, I mean, 24 hours in advance exactly, you're logging on, am I right?
3: I'm trying to, yeah. Okay. 24 hours or 23 hours and 59 minutes.
2: Okay. And so, (laughs) now, do you ever pay up for, do you ever buy Southwest, you know, 15, what's it, 1750 now to move up in the line? No, I've never done that. So you just take you just take your chances. And have you ever gotten? You ever forgotten to, to to log in, and now you're stuck with the C twenty six, and you know. Yeah, I have definitely done that. Okay, so so now you're getting on the plane, and only thing that's left is middle seats, and none of these people want you to sit next to them. So what's the strategy now?
3: Well, it really because I don't mind kids. I actually look for a seat where there's kids because usually when they get on a the plane, they go to sleep. Well, not all the time. But I just make, make sure I'm not sitting with kids behind me because they like to kick the seat. But if it's a if it's normally a baby, I try to look for small babies.
2: Small okay. Babies. All right. You know, they go to sleep. <laughs> so, But, if it, but Linda, sleep. if that strategy doesn't work out, it could backfire in a big way.
3: It definitely could. But uh-huh. No? All right, so far, I've had favor Well,
2: now I think you—I—I I, I like your idea of the children idea because I'm all about kids that are like you know eight, nine, ten, eleven—the ones that are old enough to know how to behave, and their parents right. have threatened them with their life if they don't. And right. Especially if they're traveling by themselves. Then they don't take up much space and they're not going to bother you. So, all right, let's thank thank you, Linda. Hang on the line here. Let's get one more if we can. Here we're talking to to listeners about their strategy for selecting a seat on Southwest Airlines. Colleen up in Lincoln. Colleen, what do you think?
4: Oh, hi. Um, yeah, I like my husband likes the uh, the window, and then I sit next to him. But I don't do it right away. I sit on the aisle, and then once I find the right person coming down the aisle that I want to have join our row, I move over and then I ask them if they want to sit down. (laughs) And I look for, like, smaller frame people because my shoulders are not super narrow. And so I don't want, like, a big football player next to me just because, you know.
2: There won't be enough room across the top of the seats.
4: Right. And I also like to chat with strangers on a plane, so... You know, I, I have a lot of fun with people that sit down.
2: Okay, so let me ask you, Colleen. You sit on you sit down on the plane, somebody sits down next to you and you strike up a conversation with them, how do you know if they're gonna to wanna to talk to you?
4: Oh, you know, I can kinda of tell. And if they're not, like if they have the earphones in and they're on like a iPad or phone, then I then I just let them have their space. I try to gauge what they're interested in. Definitely, I don't want to talk to someone who doesn't really want to talk to me. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, and when it comes to airplanes, some people are more than happy to strike up a conversation and some are not. And I will confess to you that some days I get on the airplane and I'll chat up the flight attendant or the person next to me. And some days I get on the airplane and don't say a single thing to anybody. Some of that has to do, I think, with the time of the day, that we're, that we're leaving now. An increasing number of flights leave here in Sacramento before six o'clock in the morning. All right, let's take Colleen down there. And um I can see the, the the vote casting is going on in the control room as we're speaking here. And uh we've 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 heard from a number of you about your strategies for selecting a seat on Southwest Airlines. And the winner is Hugh in Granite Bay is our winner of fifty dollars in C's Candy gift cards thank you to Rhonda, linda and colleen for calling in uh hugh who drools in order to keep people from sitting next to him is our winner for today and so we come to the end of another travel guys radio program it has been a lot of fun today tom from florida mark from sacramento we will see you next week at three o'clock dance like nobody's watching